Hello, my sisters. This is your host, Felicia. Thank you for tuning in to Salty once again. We are growing in numbers. I cannot tell you this is amazing. And that is because you are sharing the shows with your coworkers and your friends and your sisters, and you're talking about it, and, and you're generating all of this wonderful traffic. So I do. I thank you, and I appreciate that. Don't forget to check out my blog, salty.blog, for more inspirational and informational stories to help you get through your week and get through your day. Sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're sad, but they're always uh, they were always created with you in mind. Today, we have Tysika Moore Adams. She is an entrepreneur and is embarking on some new territory. So she's going to talk about that, and she's got some other ventures, so we're going to let her have her space to talk about that. So we will be sipping with her in just a little bit. When we get back from this brief message about how you, too, can share your story right here. Okay, sisters, we are right back with Ms. Tysika Moore-Adams. Tysika, tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. Well, um, I am so many things, but to begin with, I am a wife. I am a mother. Uh, I am a business owner, and there are multiple business entailed in that. A lot of people uh, locally know my hair salon. I've had that for over 25 years. That's this and that hair studio. Um, I also design clothing and handbags, and the name of that line is Tigar Inc. And the newest venture that I am involved in is Thai TV, and that is, of course, um, a YouTube channel that will feature all kinds of things. It is kind of taking a life of its own and kind of developing as I grow, and um, it's really to help local entrepreneurs. It's to help women in general. It's to give people the inspiration to want to be entrepreneurs as well. Um, one of the main things about Thai TV, it's education. I am also a local career tech teacher, and so I work with juniors and seniors in an entrepreneurial program, and basically I'm teaching them to start and maintain a business. And so the longer I have done that, because it's been a while since I've been doing that, we are looking at some things, uh, myself, colleagues, different individuals I come in contact with, and we're learning that more and more people are looking at the entrepreneurial aspect of things and You'd be surprised how many people just don't have that guidance, don't have that knowledge. Um, unfortunately, in our school systems, they don't stress um, business ownership and building wealth and things of that nature. So Thai TV is kind of, you know, a little bit of all those things. It's about education. It's about um, expression. And it is definitely about excitement. So we are in the midst of getting that out, getting it grown, getting people's 
attention, getting people's opinions, and finding out what those individuals need and doing our best to supply that need. Now, that is amazing. You know, I think um, I understand that sometimes people can't view um, true business um, with helping people in mind, but when you can incorporate making sure that you are creating or reproducing yourself, I think that's the highest form of business uh, as far as I'm concerned. I used to always say that the best leaders are the leaders that understand that they are to make other leaders and not right. be threatened by that. Yeah, so I just you, had a long have Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I just had a long conversation with a colleague about that uh, literally yesterday. And we were kind of talking about, as a community, those things that kind of hinder us from growth. And that is one of them. That's pretty much the main thing, you know, giving back and making sure that everybody, whatever you can contribute, you know, making sure that you contribute that and that you help others to grow. And so hopefully we can encourage that. Um, through Thai TV, you know, that we can become inclusive and actually benefit from one another. Awesome. So you mentioned that you have a hair salon, I think it was called This and That Studio. Is that correct? Yes, This and That Hair Studio, yes. This and That Hair Studio. How did you, you say it's been over 25 years, how were you able to do that, especially when we know that in a lot of African-American communities, we have people outside of the community that come in and they are doing, they're more prominent in those areas. Mm-hmm. How were you able to break into that and, and, and what were some of the steps and, and why did you even feel the need to do it? Mm-hmm. Well, for starters, um, anything I attempt, it always comes from a place of passion. If I have a passion about it, then, you know, if I can wake up every day and say, hey, this is something that I feel like I would enjoy. I think it's very hard to make your money in areas that you are not um, passionate about. And so all my life I had been passionate about hair design and um, actually hair growth and things of this nature. So by high school, um, I, too, was a part of I was I actually went to the career tech that I teach at today. Because as a student there, um, getting my training in cosmetology, I always felt like, you know what, the instructors that uh, students are under, they need to have a passion for their industry, and they need to be really trained and uh, have that experience in order to train good, well-rounded cosmetologists. And so I made a vow to myself that I would get an instructor's license at some point and go back. And um, I'm thinking probably about four years later, I uh, went in for my license to be a master instructor, and I've been there ever since. I've I've been with that career tech for over 16 years now, and so wow. um, that that passion was there. I always um, I liked hair design, I liked fashion. That those industries were always. Um, very intriguing to me because I've seen the good they can do in people's self-image. And um, uh, I just kind of knew if you sit down and you look at the economics, and I I was always a person watching my father be such a hard worker, 
my family experienced um, some trials early on that um, showed me the importance of entrepreneurship. At the time, I may not have known that's what it was called, but I always felt like I wanted multiple streams of income, Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to be totally dependent on an employer. We know a lot of larger companies, um, based on economic conditions, based on what shareholders prefer, um, a lot, you know, we see not too long ago, a lot of companies um, went under. Mm-hmm. So even as a child, we went through a period where my father uh, became laid off for my company. He had worked for, for years. And I saw what a strong impact that had on my family, um, what a strain that put us under. And so from a young age, I always felt like, you know, what business can I own? What what mm-hmm. can I do to have more control of what comes in, comes in and out of my household as far as uh, money and finances and how much control can I have over that where I'm more dependent on myself versus someone else that may not have my best interest at heart? Absolutely. You know, I, I, I don't know if you know this, um, I'm a teacher as well uh, by trade mm-hmm. and I guess you know, my I love to teach. So, um, and I found it disheartening when I stepped away from teaching on the collegiate level to go back into public schools. I was so disheartened how many students, when I would say, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? And how many people, their, their dreams were to work for other people. And very seldom yeah. did I hear anybody saying about owning um, yeah. owning things. And so I, I began to say, you know, it's one thing to be on the team, but it's another thing to own the team. You know, right. and it, and I begin to wonder how to, how can we put that, you know, that desire. Um, you and I were the same age, but you know, it's like I always had that desire to own my own stuff, to be my own boss. But how do we put that right. desire into um, the young people today? Because uh, I, my pastor, he said this about two or three weeks ago. He said, you know. We're living in a very um, interesting time where adults are afraid of everything. They're afraid to speak their minds. They're afraid to stand mm-hmm. on what they believe. But the kids are not afraid of anything. <laughs> and that's the crazy part. They're not afraid of anything, mm-hmm. but they don't really have a lot of desire to do anything either. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, of course, you know, we're not talking about – that's just a generalization. You know, we know that there are people right. that want to do things. But how do we get the students and the children – in the inner cities and, and in the bigger cities to see outside of their circumstances. Right. And I know you're at the career tech, um, but one of the things that I say, even though I, I taught on the collegiate level and I went to college, of course, I, I am mm-hmm. a strong proponent of letting people know college is not the only way to success. Exactly. 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 You can find this everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right, um, which is, you know, why I do kind of stress to my students and uh, whether it's younger or, or older clients that come into my salon, people that I discuss uh, my journey with, I, I let them know that a lot of times, you know, um, I too went to college and feel like it was beneficial. But, of mm-hmm. course, that was based on uh the path that I was taking, 
you know, I have uh, a lot of uh, colleagues and friends, you know, um, in different industries that have not been to college. Um, mm-hmm. I think people can get into that mindset that the only way to be successful is to get this degree. And um, like you say, go go be an employee somewhere. And I also try to teach my students that success is how you view it, not mm-hmm. what someone told you that success is. I've got a whole lot more satisfaction from my entrepreneurial um, endeavors than I have when I was a, an employee for someone. Now, teaching is a little different because you have so many minds that you have the opportunity to assist in shaping assist in providing some information to um, hopefully help someone else um, go forth in in their dreams and their aspirations. But it's not always about career tech really is the foundation of small business. Mm-hmm. A lot of people mm-hmm. are in those areas to learn trades, and they are very important to the overall economy. Um, the U.S., this country was built on small business. Now, those things have evolved over time, but they are still the foundation of what made us what we are here in this country. So they're very important. They're very important to maintain a lot of the deficit and things that we're dealing with as a country comes from the fact that a lot of our skilled labor is no longer operating, whether it be small businesses or even larger corporations, we're 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 no longer uh producers and exporters. You know, you can't always be the buyer, you have to be the seller. And some of these things come from these other areas and they come from skilled labor. So it's very important that we maintain that and that we stress that so that everybody is able to weigh all their options and look at a total picture and basically see what they can do to be a productive member of society. That part. (laughs) That part. That part right there. You know, you mentioned a couple of things that I wanted to, um, to go back on. You, when we said that college is not the only way to success, what a lot of people have been finding out, especially our generation, because they push college on us so much, that yeah. now we have the degree has led to an excessive debt and poverty for an entire generation mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was almost like the lie. You know, people are 200 some odd thousand dollars in debt, and now they can't own homes. They can't buy That's cars. Right. They can't – There's the job that they went to school to prepare for, they can't even get because the credit is bad. Yep. And so um, it's, it, it, it becomes quite disheartening, um, and the only way out for a lot of people is going to have to be you're going to have to start your own business. But then you have a question, how do I start a business when I'm in debt? Right. How do I do that? How, how do I get someone to take a chance on me? I'm going to take a chance on me, but how yeah. do I start from not nothing? How do I start from under, below nothing? Exactly. Oh, so much money. Yeah. So how do they get out of those those places? Okay, so I went to school. I have the degrees. I have the knowledge base. 
but I don't have any way to get startup funds or I don't know how to start right. up. How do I do that? Well, one of the main things um, is research. Uh, and I say that. Uh, it's funny because we just discussed this um, not even a, a week ago because it is hard for funding. We do have to look at all kinds of resources. Um, the traditional bank, unfortunately, and it kind of is based on what business you are and what community. Everybody doesn't have the same barriers. Unfortunately, if you are a minority business owner, there is some discrimination in these financial institutions. And so I do not sugarcoat it to people. There will be a struggle in reference to um, obtaining financing for your business. But there are grants. There are things that are tailored to women. There are things that are tailored to minorities. And so you may have to work through um, if there is an urban league in your area. They're really good about helping secure funding. And it's more or less startup capital. So a lot of it is based on, you know, your drive. Because what I found is that a lot of people that have received government funding from different grants and things of that nature, um, it's always just enough just to get going. So that passion and that drive is very important because you'll need to market yourself. You'll need to um, make sure that you're in a position to either pay those funds back or continuously reinvest in your business. And so, you know, um, it's about knowing yourself and your personality because partnerships, you know, there there are ways that you can start these businesses in reference to partnerships. Um, but sitting down, having a plan, um, thinking it out is very important. I'm currently working with an individual that is looking for funding. And so it's more or less um like I say, doing that research, setting a budget, but in reference to where to get the money, it, it's more or less looking and some people go to the Small Business Administration. However, that is also uh, credit-based. You know, there's a lot of things built in that can be a barrier to entry. Um, I will tell people as far as budgeting, if you are currently working uh, a job, regardless of where it is, what are you spending? What are you bringing in? How much can you put back? Is it a business that requires um, a small financial investment to start up? What is that small financial investment? How long might it take you to um, set a goal and reach it if you are um, reserving so much of your income on a monthly basis to get to a certain point. Because even though there are ways to obtain the financing, if it is harder for you and you're unable to meet certain qualifications, then you may be all you need. You may be the person that needs to set that goal, look at your income, and determine how you can go about um uh, securing those funds, maybe it's not a situation where you go into business next year. 
maybe it may take you two or three years to get the financing you need to hit that first plateau. Um, those people that are already struggling as far as their uh, credit score and things of that nature, you kind of have to start from the base. And, and it's okay. The sooner you start, the better. But if you map out a plan and start working on those things that can bring that credit score back in line, then you definitely have a better chance of securing the financing that you need. Awesome. So when a person is um, trying to, to start a business, and I don't know when we became like this. I don't know if it's because of, I blame it on reality TV, but that's just me. Um, you know, I, not everybody agrees with me, but we have gotten into the, the mindset that everything happens overnight. Yeah. Which I feel like personally that's one of the reasons why when people do make those like New Year's for like resolutions that they become disheartened by January thirty first because they get really excited, yeah. they get a great idea, and they're like, Hey, we're gonna go for it but they mm-hmm. don't understand that there's a process behind that. Exactly. And that you're gonna get all of these no's like, you know, I've been writing for over thirty five years and I've been doing mm-hmm. what I'm doing for a very long time and you're just now breaking the ground that, you know, you're getting this little bud that has finally come out of the ground and people are starting to see you. But there was a lot of going on behind the scenes. Exactly. You know, there's even a period where it looks like your whole dream is dead, you know. Yeah. And then you finally break through the dirt and you're like, hey, um, which is kind of akin to my last blog post, which I the seed, the seed, the, I mean, um, yeah, the seed, the tree and the table, you know, so it's like, you know, everything that that you need is on the inside of you. You know, you're when you're an acorn, you're a full-grown oak tree on the inside, but how do I get the oak tree on the outside? And right. You know, but if that, that, that seed is not planted in something that's good and it's not fertilized and it's not taken care of, it can die. But yep. regardless, when that seed is planted, it goes through a whole period of time where it looks like it's it's dead. You know, people laugh, no, I thought she was a writer. Oh, I thought she was this. I thought she was that. And you're like, you, and you, sometimes you can start listening to them and like, man, I should have been here by now. But yeah. people are not talking about the process of that, you know, you've got to go through things. They only talk about you when you get to Time Magazine. And if it seems like That's it's right. overnight, they don't know it took 35 years to get there. It doesn't know that it took the, all yeah. the no's and all the, the <laughs> yeah. you know, the people saying, oh, yeah, you're yeah. good, but you're not that good. Or, oh, yeah, you're cute, but you ain't that cute. You know, you're hearing all of these things and you're having to do that press. And so I think it's important for us to to really um, give that, that attention, saying that, like you said, you know, if you're having some struggles with your credit, that's not going to be eliminated. Something that you messed up 10 years is not going to be fixed in a year. So exactly. it's, a, it's a process um, because mm-hmm. I will say one thing. My children went to Edmond Public Schools um, mm-hmm. for the most part. And then, of course, I went to Oklahoma City Public Schools. And so mm-hmm. we didn't have financial literacy in our schools. No. We weren't taught about <laughs> finances. We weren't taught, taught about money. Um, but that was one of the classes that they had to take to graduate where yep. they were. And so – Yep. This whole business thing is new to minorities mm-hmm. for the most part. They don't understand credit. They don't yep. understand, um, you know, yeah. uh, 
And then this was something else, and I don't know if you can even elaborate on this. I am one of those people that, you know, went through this too. I didn't understand credit. I didn't have good credit. I didn't have bad credit. Why well, I think I did because I hadn't done anything. But when I got mm-hmm. to the point where I was an adult trying to step out into some things, you find out, oh, you do have bad credit because cousins, aunties, mamas, them, they had put stuff in yeah. your bag that you didn't know anything about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think people don't understand, too, that uh, what I found out getting started, that no credit was just as bad. I mean, was just, you know, under the same um, umbrella as bad credit. But if you think about it, Felicia, okay, I don't even know if you, well, I'm sure you do, but if you think back to fifth grade, uh, you running for student council and winning. And, you know, there were certain characteristics that I can remember in both of us that said leadership. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? There, mm-hmm. there were always things that I can think back, but elaborating on what you said, there was not enough in those school systems to hone that, to develop that, to bring those leadership characteristics to the surface. Unfortunately, um, in our schools, these are things that fly under the radar, and in some students, these are things that never completely get developed, and we are searching around. We are learning after the fact. I have a younger cousin who was also um, uh, on her journey with her business, and she specifically said, she said, these are things that should be required in school. These mm-hmm. are things that we should, but I think as a society, a society as a whole, we're getting so far away from things of that nature. You know, we're more about technology and oh, this big conglomerate is is, is a good um, lead that you may want to, you know, we're trying to move into these industries that do not encourage what we're going to have to have to maintain us as a world power because that is on the backs of small business. That is on the backs of being producers versus strictly um, buyers and borrowers. So, unfortunately, um, you know, we're going to have to have a few good people around. We need more than a few, but we've got to start somewhere. Like you say, um, if your children are in a specific school system that is uh, teaching those things, they're definitely going to have an advantage because learning those things young, well, we're, we're sitting here talking about bad credit. Like you say, it, it takes you a while to ruin your credit, you see? Mm-hmm. So if students are coming out of school and they already understand the importance of not having to backtrack, okay? Mm-hmm. Because when you're trying to repair your credit, then you're trying to um, retrace your steps and change something. But if you never create that path for yourself, then you're going to always be one step ahead. Absolutely. You know, that was when I had my first son. I said, you know, um, you can be a black man in America. This was my thought. When I, and I cried when I, I had him. Not because I was sad, not because I, I, was, mm-hmm. I felt slighted, but it was, I said, I got two things I got to give to you. I got to give you Jesus, and I'm going to make sure you got good credit. And the rest right. of you have to figure out. Exactly. You know, because I hey, there were two things you need. 
that's the two things you need. And so I was just like, I don't know, you know, so I made sure, uh, you know, I was like, you, uh, uh-uh, nope, you can't do that. You know, no, you don't do that. No, you don't do that. And then being able for them to see what a struggle it was for me to be able to do certain things because, you know, it's one thing to, 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 to have it and then have income and you have those great income, but a lot of people don't understand that if you can't get a home, you could be paying for a home that's like nine hundred dollars a month, but because you don't have good credit, you gotta right. go to an apartment for fifteen hundred dollars a month, you know. Yeah. Or, you know, you might get the same car as everybody else. Somebody else might be driving an Audi and they're paying five fifty and you driving a yeah. for a thousand dollars a month, you know. So that's right. making those realizations to people mm-hmm. and I try to walk that in front of them and I'm I'm not um I'm not, you know, good about hiding things so i would tell my kids look man uh you know I'm, i don't blame you know my mom or anything like that but it's just like you know there was a lot of things that was happened that happened that put me behind that i'm yep. still still fighting through yep. to this day you know and so you know i try to tell them that you know just just moving by the seat of your pants today can be a problem for you for the next 20 to 30 years. So you got to be really cognizant about that. And I always talk to yeah. you about, you know, savings and pay yourself first. Pay God, pay yourself. Mm-hmm. And, then, mm-hmm. and if you can't live off of the rest, then you need to pull down where you're trying to live. That's right. Live with and, the means. You know, that is right. And then, you know, they saw me, um, thank God for the creativity, but if I really wanted that bad, I better learn how to make it. And that's what I did. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a cute dress. You better learn how to make it because you can't yeah. afford it. <laughs> and, you know, oh, I like to get my hair done. You better learn how to do your hair because you can't afford to go get it done. Yeah. And these were things that I had to learn. But I feel so much better having that in my background because it set me up for future success, even if I was walking yeah. in current failure. That's right. That's um, right. And then – there was you mentioned something about success too. This was a little thing that I had given my students, and what I had a student inbox me. She's like, you know, I still live by this to this day. I told them that it was GPS. This is what success is: it's your goals plus your purpose, mm-hmm. and that's what equals success. It's not about how much money you get, but you got to ask yourself, what's driving you? Right. Are you driven by by trying to be seen. Are you trying to find out what your purpose is? Why were you created? Because I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people don't aren't successful because they're trying to walk in somebody else's purpose. Oh, definitely. You know, I say it all the time. You know, if you call to be an usher, do that. That's right. Do it with fidelity. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Don't Mm -hmm. don't have sage dreams when you're supposed to be at the door praying for people to come in. (laughs) Because that's That's just important because you can run off folks if you don't handle that door right. Yeah. And we all have a lane that we need to be in. Yes. Kevin Hart said the best. I phase in my lane. I do. but I tell you what has really led me to, I think, a higher level of success, learning how to say no yeah. has blessed me indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, when you can do, people want you yeah. to do Yeah. And when you're, a want, when you're a person who wants to help people, you'll find yourself tied up so bad. And I think it's a trick of the enemy. 
tied up so bad that now you can't even work your own dream because you just see right. everybody else's dream come to That's you. right. That's right. So I've learned how and to say you'll, no. help them, you'll help them to work a dream that, like you say, was it even their own dream? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I've been in so many situations where you uh, carry someone or you are assist, assisting them in what they claim they want. That was never really what they wanted. So now you wasted money, time, and everything that comes along with it. When you're right, your focus, you know, growing up, it's funny you say that because my dad, he used to be on me all the time and he would say, you know, some of your goals that you set, you'd be so much further if you wasn't trying to carry everybody with you. Hmm. And I didn't really hmm. understand that until I started getting older. You look back at the time you've wasted and you look back at the people that you've helped they really didn't want anything anyway. So there's they a certain level of discernment that uh and maturity that I had to gain over time in order to remain focused. Because mm-hmm. like you say, when you have that heart, especially that heart of leadership and you feel like, okay, you don't want something for somebody more than they want it for themselves. Yeah, you will. Right. You can see so, something in them but what you right. can't see is is the motivation, and motivation mm-hmm. will kill every drop of success that was set up for them, that potential. And that has been the hardest thing to me, but I have learned to embrace this scripture. Can't tell you where it is, but I know it's in there. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's times where you got to shake the dust from your feet and keep walking. Yeah. You can bring it to them. You can say, hey, this is what you should do, but why do you keep calling me, asking me, if you're not going to do what I tell you? Yeah, yeah. So now i got to say, I already said it. I'm not changing it. I'm moving on. And that also, when we say no, it gives an opportunity for somebody else to say yes. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be the go-to person. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I do, but I don't. Yeah. Because I don't want to be put put in the position of being your God. Exactly. And exactly. I think that's a yeah, that's that's a that's a struggle that nobody should have to go through. You know, you wake up and you gotta have an answer for everybody all the time. No, uh-uh. <laughs> and you know, I found out, and I'm sure you're there too. It's okay, take that cape off. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's like what you. Yeah, that's the comment you just said. I don't want to be uh, your god. Um, it's probably being. Let me see. I had my first child. Okay, he's going to be seven. I think it was maybe eight or nine years where I really prayed about some things and I realized, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm not God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it took me a minute to realize some of the things I was doing, the way I was approaching things was putting a weight on me, and only God God could do some of those things for some of those people. You know, you don't want to be slothful in um, the things you feel uh, God wants you to do, but you definitely have to learn to be a little more selective on what he's lined up for you because when I really start evaluating things, it was almost like you can get that God complex where you feel like you're being a good servant and and helping people, but at the end of the day, you're uh, packing burdens that are only for him. 
and you are, mm-hmm. you might be in his way more than you are actually helping. He Talk might be trying it. to get somebody's attention, and here you go. <laughs> got all the answers. Just messing right. up everything. <laughs> messing it all up. And you know what's so interesting, well, what you said, you know, we get it, we do get that kind of God complex, but don't you believe that that also sets up a, a, a place for a root or a seed of bitterment because now yeah. you've helped somebody else become what they are and no dreams on the shelf. I just mm-hmm. said that yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was just in a conversation mm-hmm. yesterday where a colleague said, um, you know, that it has taken her a little while to mature in some things in reference to business. And uh, and I said, well, maybe that's a good thing. I said, because sometimes when you realize things early in life and you set yourself up uh, to see things, People can lean on you, and you can end up in a place of bitterness. I just told her that yesterday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said, sometimes ignorance is bliss, and you take someone like me who has always kind of been on this journey of betterment and, um, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to pull everybody with me, and we are, you know, and unfortunately, uh, I said, now I find myself, at times having to pray my way out of certain mindsets because it almost embeds itself in a place of bitterness. Mm-hmm, it it mm-hmm. really does. You got to be careful. Your intentions mm-hmm. are pure, but you can look up and now you want one need some help and some prayer because. Mm-hmm, Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we are fighting, a de- even though we're fighting a defeated foe, he's not stupid. So right. It, I've always said he can use your gift against you. That's right. So if you're if you're a gift of a leader, you have a gift of giving, or you have a gift of direction and and help or administration. Because you know I used to hate the fact that I could walk into a room and tell you everything that was wrong and how to fix it. Okay, yeah. so no, mm-mm, they need to. Okay, we need to do this, 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 and. <laughs> not realizing that God was gifting me to do those things, not just to help people, but to make sure that I was providing for my family. Yeah. And so I was out here giving away stuff that God had set me up for to use to bless me so that I could help build the kingdom, if that makes sense. But I was was giving it away because I was like, oh, you know, I think you listen to people, and I I don't know, you know, I know you're, you're in a different business, but when you're an artist, Mm-hmm. Folks don't want to pay you, yeah. Um, because they 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 want your books to be for free. They want you to come and speak for free. They want you to yeah. um, to be inspirational for free, because they feel like oh that was a God given talent. Not yeah. understand. My kids still want to eat too. They still go to college too. So then you know you 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 get into that cycle of well okay. Okay, well, I'll come. And not so much saying that you're devaluing yourself, but you are setting up the situation where you're treating people how to value you. Yes. Because there are some folks that they wouldn't even come to like that. Mm-hmm. Well, can't mm-hmm. you just do it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know, you walk into a room and they say, oh, we put you on to do this. You did what? <laughs> and you running around like a tree, you know, and because you can always pull the ends together at the last minute, people mm-hmm. come to you at the last minute. 
So mm-hmm. you train them how to misuse you. That's right. That's right. And so you can't be mad at nobody but yourself. I had to tell mm-hmm. myself a lot of times. I said, you hurt your own feelings. Right. You did that. Because <laughs> you thought you had a friend. You hurt your own feelings. <laughs> <laughs> how did you think that was your friend? They call you when they want something. They call you when they need encouragement. Where was that a friend of yours? <laughs> They they had a friend. <laughs> they had a friend. So I had to re uh I had to re classify some people in my life. I am your counselor. I am not your friend and that's fine. Right. And my services are off. Right. <laughs> and know, you can you have to know what a person yeah. is uh bringing to the situation just just like you. And and that's true, mm-hmm. you do have to see it and evaluate your associations. You know, is somebody um, bettering you? Are you better with this person? Are you uplifting each other? Or or like you say, is the burden totally yours? And then Mm -hmm. when you need some uplifting, you know, is this person around? Are they the ones supporting you? You know, I think, and I think most people are, are are afraid to do that because we live in a society, unfortunately, where people feel like the people around them make them who they are. Mm. It's so it's so tight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, there was yeah. a study done not too long ago where um, I think. I don't know if it's Facebook or Instagram one, but, you know, one of those platforms has decided that when they put out this new version, it won't show the likes. You literally have people that are um, suffering from depression and going into all kind of um, emotional trauma behind likes. You know, they didn't get as many likes as another post or as many as, and they're literally placing their value on praise from others. And so, um, unfortunately, we will keep people in our life for that very reason that are absolutely good for us, that are being more of a hindrance than a help. But because we feel like we need to be, uh, involved with a certain amount of people or a certain group of people, and, and there needs to be a lot of them. Uh, I know for, you know, I, I tell my students all the time that, you know, I grew up, I mean, at, I was like, at you guys' age, I, I got one or two friends. That was enough for me. I didn't need a whole lot of people around me. I didn't need praise because I was focused. There were other things that I felt was more important because I knew a lot of those Friendships and things were superficial, you know, mm-hmm. and they weren't. They were never beneficial, and and sometimes it's hard for them to understand. But social media comes into it a lot. I say, hey, if you're gonna use social media, use it to benefit yourself. Stop wasting time on it. You know, there there are too many avenues that can be explored through these medias that you know, just quit quit just texting. And posting stuff just to be posting it, and, and liking, and 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 having conflict via uh, social media. You know, use it to better yourself, to better others. Right. Um, make it a tool and not your life. It's not the foundation of 
who you are as a person. And so um, I just think, I mean, I think it's a blessing and a curse, uh, mm-hmm. technology. You know, um, I think it can be used for some good things, but for the most part, it's used for at least, you know, especially the younger you are, it's, it's, it's misused versus, mm-hmm. um, like I say, used to help advance someone. Um, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. mostly used to tear down. I mean, schools have even, enacted bullying policy, social uh, cyberbullying, and, yes. you know, uh, it, which, you know, hey, new generation, I guess, because I'm thinking, is this like the telephone? Now, you you know back in the day the telephone was yeah. the tool. Uh, it was. Say anything on the telephone, but. Three-way. Remember when they came out? I think it was about fifth grade when exactly. the three-way came out and, you didn't know somebody was had called somebody else, and they listened to your whole conversation. Exactly. You know, so I, I know that there's nothing new on the sun, but you know right. what? I I have even a, uh, uh, experienced it, and it was kind of like an experiment. But then I was like, "This is a real deal." You know, we people don't understand that social media is based on a a business model, right? And so. They're building their their uh, self confidence off of something that is somebody else's business. Yep. So yesterday or day before yesterday, I posted a picture of myself, mm-hmm. um, and it's leading up to a book that I'm writing. And so um, I got like a hundred likes on that picture, or mm-hmm. plus I haven't even checked it lately. And then I noticed that if I put something about my business, just like you talked about it, nobody right. seen this post. Nope. And it's not so much because people are not paying attention. It's because of the algorithms that are there are because they want you, if you're going to use them for business, they want you to use their business site. So they're blocking a lot of things. Yep. And But people that don't know that, that it's a business, they say, well, nobody likes me and, and more friends are going to be doing exactly. this as, as opposed yeah. to supporting you. And they don't even know there's something out there to support you for. Right. Right. So, so your reality is being controlled by somebody that because it's a business. That's right. That's right. And, and it's not. I don't it's think not enough, reality. I don't people know that it's not reality. It is mm-hmm. fake. And I don't want to say the other part because that would sound like I was. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it is as fake as it gets. <laughs> it is as fake as it gets. And it's up to us, I think, on a daily basis to go in and to touch these people to let them know that there is a real life. I've never right. in the life of all my life heard so many nine and ten and eight, eight, nine and ten and eleven year olds committing suicide behind what somebody <sighs> thinks about you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas we were told. I know on on a daily basis, well, they talked about Jesus. What you upset for? You know, it was always that they were discounting my feelings. It was like, get over it. People going to say, everybody's not supposed to like you. Well, we had a a conversation about uh, suicide the other day in class, and, you know, I just explained to them, unfortunately, um, there was a colleague's grandson that was found. you know, he had taken pills and everything, so that prompted me to kind of communicate, uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, with my students, okay, what is causing you all to be so depressed or what is causing you to feel like this is your only way out? And you got a lot of, I got a lot of insight. You know, there were, there were different opinions. I was shocked to see such a large number that had a, had a reason. You know, there was only maybe a few of my students that was like, okay, let's just really talk about what it is. We're raised to believe everything should go our way. I mean, now these, these two that kind of gave this perspective, you know, um, I'm like, wow, their, their mother and grandma, grandparents must be from my generation. <laughs> they basically said, well, if you are raised to be given everything, and you think everything is supposed to go your way, then at the brink of any adversity, you you don't know how to deal with it because as far as you know, that is not uh, the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So you don't mm-hmm. see a way out because you've never been taught a way out, you know. Um, you've never had and to I, figure it out either. Yeah, exactly. And I've had to, I, I had to explain to them, you know, number one, I hope that's never the method you guys choose to take. But you need to know now, you know, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Some of you ain't getting ready to walk across that stage, and it's, it's about to get real. You ain't seen nothing. So <laughs> learn how to play and learn how to use your critical thinking. Decide what you want to do with yourself and start putting one foot in front of the other because things don't change. After school, no. it only gets worse. So, and, and like I say, social media came up. Uh, the cyberbullying came up in this conversation. Um, you know, so, like I say, so much is being placed on that as if that is their reality. Oh, reality TV came up. I said, you guys do realize that reality TV is not real, right? You know, um, um they actually look at some of these uh individuals as, as role models and uh you know they feel like and some of them you know have used their platform you know to better themselves to put themselves in better uh financial situations and like i say it, to me any situation can be worked for your betterment right but you cannot place a lot of value on things that just are not real you cannot Based who you are and what you do and what you believe in, in reality TV and social media and things of that nature, it just it is it, it's not what you need to propel yourself to where you want to be. You know, you have to have more realistic expectations. Do you think that it, there's a link here too? Because the kids that are there now. Some of them would probably be considered our generation's kids, maybe slightly younger. Yeah. Do you think it's because um, a lot of our people had their kids very young, and they were still trying to be young and not necessarily be parents? And I know so many young people that I've taught whose parents, their full vocabulary was, I'll be right back. Like that's the right. of having a conversation with them. Right. So 
they didn't get sold into it. And I'm not saying my parents sat down and talked to me either, but there were people in the community, exactly. be it through church or be it through school, mm-hmm. that took that time out to, to invest wholeness into me and say, you right. are good enough. You you do have a future. Don't worry about what people are saying to you. Yeah. And there were and so if I wasn't getting it at home, I was getting it from somewhere yeah. else. And our so community was so a little more has messed up because now they don't. Oh well, you know, my mama made me go to school. I, go, I mean, make my, made me go to church. I'm not gonna make my kids go to church. Yep. I mean, so they're taking away these children's opportunities to get yep. that told to them. Yep. And yep. my uh, husband was saying this yesterday where. The kids get in the car, first thing they do is somebody turn around and hand them an iPad. Like, you can't even talk in the car? Yep. You so busy, yeah. you know, throwing them all of this um, technology, but you're not giving them the basic means to make it to the next step because the reality of it is not everybody like you, and everybody that like your pitch don't mean they like you. That's right. Um, That's right. <laughs> you know, right. that like your post don't mean they like you. There are people mm-hmm. that read their posts every day and never hit like. You know, and so yeah. you have to be who you are outside of social media. You have to mm-hmm. be. And not saying social media is bad. It's just that you social media. Don't let it use you. Exactly. Exactly. You. Because that's that's it's a business. It's a business. Right. Do you think that the fast food industry? care that if you eat their food every day that you're going to be 600 pounds? No, it's a business <laughs> because they're saying, I didn't make you eat all my food all the time yeah. and not go exercise. You should have learned how to do that in moderation. What's the yeah. thing with social media? It's a business. So they're saying, it's not my fault that you can't sleep without checking your page. That's not my right. fault. It's your fault because you put too much into that. Right. You made me God right. in your life. That's right. Yeah, what is your We this has been so good, and I am enjoying it. We actually kind of merged two segments together. So when we come back, um, we're going to uh, we're going to tiptoe into our third segment, which is she always lives through it, where we find out where Miss Morgan Adams gets her inspiration. So we're going to be right back. We got to pay some bills because we'll pay bills and I don't want to be here anymore. We're going to pay some bills and then we'll come back and we will hear what inspires her. I think we've heard it throughout the segment, but we're going to give a little bit more attention to it. And then also in that segment, we're going to find out how we can, where do we find her? What do we, you know, how can we join in with what she's doing and how can we follow her? So we'll be right back after this. It's time, sis. No more running. It's time to let them know. It's time to reach back and out as you reach up. It's time to share your story. Share your missteps, your mistakes, your straight up failures because, sis, isn't that how you made it? Shoot me an email so we can help somebody else drink. Salty.blog. Sip tea.
Okay, sisters, man, you guys, I'm going to try to figure out how to edit some of what we just got through talking about and put it in one of these segments because there was some good stuff that you all missed out on. So well, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. You won't know where I put it, but I'm going to figure it out. Um, but we are in our last segment. I, it, man, I, I'm just floored and I'm amazed um, about how this the laws of attraction bring people together and they're doing the same thing in different places and so I just know it's the right season. We are in our segment where she always uh, lives through it. And sometimes living through it is the most difficult. Um, how do you get through the tough times? How do you get through the disappointments? How do you get through the the pressure of having to be successful, having to be positive, having to be the strong person for people, but at the same time ha- being human? And, and being vulnerable. How do you get through those times? Definitely prayer. <laughs> Definitely prayer and believing that it is all part of the process. It's all part of the plan. Um, knowing that whatever God puts in front of me, he will give me the tools to get through it. Knowing that, the you know, it's a bigger picture. I think it takes um, people to kind of remove self and realize that it's not always about you. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, we're so self-centered at this point that we literally believe that every little thing that happens is strictly about us. Um, And I'm happy that even prior to me having kids, I realized that, oh, wait a minute, I am part of his plan. I'm part of his overall plan. So, uh, it's not always about me. I think it put me in a better place for once I had my children to realize, you know, um, uh, what a mother is for, what my purpose is in their life, you know, uh, to educate and help hone them to what God wants them to be in the long run. So it's not always easy. It's not always easy, but when I focus on the fact that there's a bigger picture, there's a bigger end result, then that makes some of the trials and tribulations that much easier. Mm-hmm. And when you identify that you can't do it, and you you also release yourself from having to be able to do it alone. Right. Um, well, what I'm learning like is said, nothing will be off. yeah, mm-hmm. nothing will be done alone. Now that did take me some time to realize, okay. um, because I would attempt things on my own, and I felt it was less stress. I got to the point where I felt like, well, um, you know. Uh, if I can just depend on myself, you know, we go through those things where we feel like you can't depend on anybody. So, okay, not necessarily completely alone, but it's just me and God. And what I've come to learn even more recently is that you can look at any entrepreneur, um, great speaker, everybody kind of has a team. Now, you have to get creative on how you choose this team. But we are here to help one another. And if you're always the help, sometimes 
<clears throat> you will get to the point where you don't um, accept help or you don't ask for help yourself. Mm-hmm. And so um, those are some of the things. That, and when you're a leader as well as an entrepreneur, you can fall into that realm. But if you are a leader, that means there are people around you because there's somebody you're supposed to be leading. So a lot of these things, they do happen in the group. But, yeah, basically putting most of your trust and leaning not to your own understanding and knowing that, you know, God has that final say kind of helps with those things. Do you think, I mean, as a leader, um <laughs> Do you feel like because we, and I believe everybody is created in the image of God, but I'm not, but because leaders, I feel like maybe they impose upon themselves more of a, like you said, God is complex, so it's like I can't admit that I need help. I can't admit that I'm wrong. I can't because they tell themselves a lie that if I say that I failed, that I'm going to mess somebody up. or But, I mean, that's what they say, but the reality of it is they don't want to admit that they mess up sometimes. Right, right. And that can be a problem. I, I can see that. Um, but I know the one thing that helped me, so I, <clears throat> I always tried to live by it, is when people told me their full story, and not just their mm-hmm. successes, but their failures as well, it helped me more. Yes, ma'am. It helped me more to see that there were those stumbling blocks and you still overcome it. Sometimes our failures can be more of an inspiration to people than our successes. Mm-hmm. Because just like you said earlier, people don't know the story behind what happened, and, and sometimes it's that story. And then they look at you now and realize, wow, you know, maybe I, <clears throat> maybe I went through that. Or maybe... Mm-hmm. You know, and so, therefore, uh, I can do it, too. But when we hide those failures or, like you say, unable to admit some of those things, then we're probably keeping somebody from their blessing because other people need to hear that God's goodness, the grace of God, um, you can fail or you can fall and you get back up. And right. so we, we've got to be more forthcoming with those things and not feel like we always have to look so perfect. Because we have not really been taught what success looks like. And success looks more like failure than it does the good thing. You know, it's like, who was it, Thomas Edison said he didn't fail. He just found 10,000 ways to do it the wrong way. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's like we have to be open enough to say, hey, you know, um, I remember my first play. There were like 10 people in the audience. Yeah. And yeah. I think I had given five of the tickets away. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay, well, there's that, you know. And me with my stupid self, I felt so good about the 10 people that showed up. It was just like, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, you should have. Um, but, I, but I let other people's uh, expectations take the win out of it. Yeah. 
And yeah. so by the time I did the next play, I mean, and it took a while for me to do the next one because I was like, hmm, you know, nobody showed up. And, you know, because mm-hmm. somebody, I'd let someone take the sting out of it. But by the time I did it the next time, we were turning people away, you know. And so mm-hmm. um, had I quit, I would have never known, knew what that felt like. Right. That, that's you know, that first disappointment. And I want people to know, you know, that success comes with disappointments, but you have to have a strong foundation of, of someone that is bigger than you, that's in your corner saying, oh, you got this. You're on the right team. Yeah. You're on the right team. I got you. I got you. It's not a big deal. You know? It's not right. a big deal. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And then then all these cloud of witnesses. You know, David was a murderer and, and an adulterer and all that. But he also was somebody that God said, he's a man after my heart. Right. You know, when you can see those things, when you see that Saul was helping to kill the Christians and then he ended up writing the majority of the New Testament. So it's like, yeah, you know, uh-huh. Those failures, those people, those clouds of witnesses let us know you're on the right track. If you fall it, you're probably on the right track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the only one that's truly losing is the one that's never trying. Right. That's it. Right. That's the only time you lose, when you don't try. Yeah. Yeah, if you can't put so one foot Yeah. I mean, because... I know that throughout all of the things that you've done, I mean, you've had bad days. There's no way in the world you can be a teacher and don't have bad days, okay? Girl. <laughs> you know, when you sat up for the last six weeks trying to prepare this lesson and these kids in the work, and and you're like, what am I doing? Why am I just going to Right. And you get so excited about it, and, and there ain't nobody else excited, and you feel like, <laughs> I thought I was inspiring these children. They're just raggedy. <laughs> Uh, And then you get a message like I got. uh, I told a story about this yesterday. I had a student when I was teaching college. uh, He had been in the foster system. And the only thing that was consistent in his life was basketball. So you never saw him without this basketball. And he actually even came to the school because he had gotten a scholarship to play basketball. But this mm-hmm. little boy was in my classroom, and he couldn't read. Uh, he had all the way to college, he couldn't read. And we sat in my office, and we just cried, the both of us. Uh, and I said, baby, this is not okay. And I said, oh, you're a great player, and you may make it to the NBA, but what's going to happen if you don't? That's right. And he eventually, you know, we was working, we worked together, and um he came in one day just bouncing and smiling, and I was like, how did the game go last night? He was like, oh, I quit the team. What? What happened? Wait a minute. What's going on? He's like, he said, because <laughs> I love me enough, Miss G. I love me enough. Yeah. Said, I'm going to get this. And so I ended up running into him several years later, and he was so proud to let me know he had his master's degree. Oh, good. And, you know, and that's yeah, because, know. you know, there's times where you feel like they're not getting it, but they're getting it. Some plants right. water, but God gives the increase. Yes, 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 yes. So we've got to do the things that we're doing. At um, we're we're gonna close up here, but I I did stalk a little bit, not really stalking, but I was on your YouTube channel, and, oh, uh-huh. and I was listening to some of your conversations, and I just giggled. Um, let's 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 give our listeners just some snippets. Um, the one I paid the most attention to was do as a uh, as a couple. 
Um, and I don't know if you guys are differentiated between just a dating couple and a married couple. Do you share your finances and your financial accounts and your financial information? So let's, <laughs> let's go with that conversation. So what was your take on that? Well, I think somewhere in there we did discuss um, married versus uh, unmarried. I think that did come up. However, in this day and age, you know, people have a different definition of what marriage is and what their commitment means to them. But, um, you know, in my own personal situation, and I said this on on that particular episode, um I'll be married 10 years this year, and we just never have combined money. I think my take on it was um, it's all about trust and communication, and that's the foundation of so much that goes into a relationship because I really believe if someone feels the need to hide money, they will do it whether you have the same account or not. I know a lot of people believe in one account uh, for couples, married or not, you know, but they believe in this one account, and to me it's more or less a control issue. It's something that you feel like you need to monitor. Uh, I was in a previous relationship years ago where the person actually felt like a woman should be controlled uh, with money. Mm. So, therefore, he was one of those people that, felt like he needed to make the majority of the money and he needed to watch the money because that is the person that runs the household and controls what goes on, controls the money. And, Mm -hmm. of course, that relationship uh, came to a screeching (laughs) halt because (laughs) I believe in open communication and trust, and I don't necessarily believe that accounts have to be combined and everybody has to be watching each other's money in order for things to go smoothly. I think we need to have a common understanding of what needs to go on in our household and have an agreement and uh, a plan on how we're going to realize that, and then everybody do what they're supposed to do on their own without control from the other person to get it done. So that was kind of what that topic was over. Um there, there, one of the, one of the ladies did say, hey, we combine everything. You know, we feel like uh, there was a point in our relationship where everything was separate, and we decided, you know, once we said I do, you know, it's not going to be this is yours, that's, that's mine. We're going to put everything together, and we're going to go uh, forward in that manner, which, I mean, I'm for all of it. You know, I, I think I've mentioned in that uh, video that if my husband said tomorrow, oh, let's, let's do one account, let's, I, I wouldn't object to it. Because I don't feel that the way we operate would change if not at this point in our relationship because we do have that communication and trust. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what that was about. You know, pastel pillow talk is more or less about friends, you know, kind of slumber party style, getting comfortable and really having some real conversations. And maybe, you know, we highlight something that another person didn't think about. Something that may help you, whether it's in your personal life or in your relationship. Well, I want all of our listeners to make sure that they tune in to Pastel 
Pillow Talk, we are going to um, make sure that she shares her contact information. But also, you guys, when you go to Saucy.blog, there will be links to her shows and whatever else she has out there so that you can go and support this woman who is doing great and positive things. Um, we, I don't want to get wrong. It, it was actually quite funny, so you guys really need to go um, and listen to that. And then, you know, you'll probably find yourself, and you'll find yourself in the middle of there thinking, do I even have an opinion about this? And I right. think those are the questions that people need to ask before they do. Before right. you say, I do, you need to know how you feel about that. Um, yes. And you know, my I um I am a newlywed, I guess, which you could consider my husband and I we've been together for a while, but we just recently got married in two at twenty eighteen. Oh wow. Previously mm-hmm. Yeah. I was previously married, um and I was married for eleven years in the first situation and difference is night and day. Um yeah. first of all I'm grown up now. I'm a grown up, so there's some things you right. can't hit me with the <laughs> those no more. Yeah. I'm a full grown woman. But it honestly marrying someone who you are friends with makes all the difference in the world. Right. Uh, there's a trust there. And trust is the thing. Being able to trust and I'm not saying trust to the point where you're foolish. I'm saying trust because the reality of it is you can't stop nobody from doing whatever they want to. That's true. So That's you're not true. putting all of your 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 happiness on on that person. You're saying yeah. I'm going to be responsible for making myself happy. Right. I'm happy with you, but I'm also going to be happy without you if that happens. Right. And that's why two whole people need to get together. Because now you're not fighting for attention. You're not fighting to mm-hmm. become something. Mm-hmm. You just get to be you. And I tell you, I I said this when uh. He had asked me something crazy. He always hit me with these crazy questions. But, you know, the thing <laughs> I love the most about him is that he allows me to fall. Yeah. I don't have to be perfect for you. I don't have to have yeah, right. answers. I, I don't have to be Facebook, Instagram ready. Uh, I can go from... Uh, the runway to the bathroom, and you fine with all of that, you know? Right. And you right. need someone where you can just be. I can, we can sit and talk about Jesus, or we can sit and talk about Cardi B. It ain't no right. Way. There's nothing in there where I don't get to be who I am. And he, uh, I think mm. we sums it up as our crazies match. <laughs> Right. He know I'm crazy, and he and I know he's crazy, and it and it fits. You know, you can't be in love with an artist and not be able to deal with right. some kind of personality issues. And <laughs> you know, me and my old dramatic needing attention self, and he just laughs at me, and I'm like, "Don't you see me?" You know, <laughs> I go from, right. "Hey, what you doing? What you doing? You want to hang out? What you doing? What you doing?" To please, please me, get out of my space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's okay with it. So I, I want people to understand that it's really about who you with. There's no wrong answer. There's no right answer yeah. to the question. It's who you with. Yeah. yeah. What you do is yeah. not going to fit us, and what we do ain't going to fit you. It's who who are you with. you got to know that person. So I loved it. Um, I'm definitely going to be tuning in. 
Um, uh, Kashika, tell them where we can see you at the store, where we can, um, what do we need to do, how can we support you, do you have an online uh, component to your store, do you, yes. what do you do, how do we see you, where's your website, give us all your info. Well, um, as far as the um, fashion line, <clears throat> you can see that at Tiger Inc., that's T-A-I-G-A-R-I-N-C dot com. Uh, that's where you can access my website. Um, Tigar is also on Facebook, uh, where you can communicate and it also has a link to the website. Um, Thai TV, that is T-A-I-T-E-A dash V. And on Thai TV, there's so much more to come, but there are different playlists. There will be something for the kiddos. There will be tutorials. There will be um, one-on-one conversations with other business owners. Uh, there will be Pastel Pill Talk, which is in reference to, you know, those women getting together, giving their opinions on different situations. And uh, the video I just uploaded the other day, which is totally tied, is one of my playlists. And it will also give different insights to different things, but it'll be strictly from my opinion. I think the one I posted the other day was in reference to uh, a situation that was trending, I believe, either on Instagram or or Twitter with a young lady who's the unlicensed hair braider that is charging in excess of three or $400 for certain styles and that was a big thing. Somebody actually asked me about that, which is why I posted mm-hmm. uh, that video. I actually had someone come to me with questions in relation to the cosmetology industry and holding a license and, you know, uh, should you charge this? Should they make you shampoo your hair before you come in? And so they specifically asked me to post about it. And I said, well, that'd be great. That'll be my first totally tie. So, We've got Totally Tied. It's just me. you got Adam's Avatars, which are the kids, and they're doing all kinds of things, tutorials and uh, reviews on certain toys. And so hopefully we have some people out closer to Christmas, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as far as finances and how we spend for these holidays. That's a whole other topic. And um, Mm -hmm. Pastel Pillow Talk. And so then when I start uh, Square Biz Bosses, will be those one-on-one interviews with um, entrepreneurs, people that I want to help them get awareness for their products and what they're doing. And I'm, I'm sitting here on salty, so uh, Miss Felicia, you're going to have to come and, and be a guest on uh, Square Biz Bosses. Gotcha. And That's talk it. about some of those things that you're doing. So you guys tune in. Please comment. Um Give us your opinions. Uh, maybe we can shed some light uh, on some of these things that, you know, we need to know as a community, as women, as uh, the, the, the person that heads our families and um, even finances. You know, there will be all kind of conversations that I would love some engagement with and I would love some feedback. So that one is Thai TV, T-A-I-T-E-A-B. I love it. And as you were talking, um, once we get off air, I've got someone I want to introduce you to. 
Um, and I think you guys are going to love each other. Uh, she's based out of Atlanta. I'm actually okay. doing an interview with her next week, but that's somebody that you need to know. See, networking is all good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. We don't, <laughs> women don't have to be in competition. We, we're we supposed to be helping each other. This is a sister thing, you know. Yeah. So, and I was laughing. I said, well, hit them with the tea. You know, we've got tea, you got tea. It's all good. Right. <laughs> and you know what's so it's funny? Well, we'll talk about it off air, but yeah, yeah. Okay. So you guys tune in, tune in. <laughs> Excuse me. So, love you so much. I thank you for sharing your time and your in this space with us. Yeah, thank um, you for having good. me. Man, it's just good. It's good to know. You know, we are, there's some people out here doing good things, and that's my whole goal. Everybody not ratchet. Everybody not talking about each other. Everybody not out here being right. Some people are really trying to make sure that the next generation has what they need so that they can be successful. So I thank you for coming and sharing this space and this time. Sipsters, um, we are going back to our regular schedule, uploading every Monday morning at 6 a.m. There's going to be a new show. And then every Sunday by 6 a.m., you will have a new blog on salty.blog. So Thank you for joining us. And don't forget to tune in to my uh, radio station on Station Head, uh, Felicia, and just get your groove on. There's some gospel there. There's some old school. There's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Just play it in your car or play it at your desk, at your job, and enjoy the music. If you have special um, if you have special requests, just let me know. Email me, and we can make sure that we get the songs on that you want to hear. I love you guys so much. Thank you for joining. Don't forget to sip tea.